how are you doing today? I hope you're doing wonderful. Welcome to the Dr. Dav Show. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Dav, and I know it's been a while, but here I am today with another podcast on our book, Fascinating Womanhood, where we talk about how you can be a beautiful, feminine, lovely wife and have a blessed and beautiful marriage. I want to say that it has been such a blessing to me to have received so many messages from you ladies saying how much these segments have impacted your marriage, that you have started to look at your husband in a new light, that you are excited about being better, that you're reflecting on the kind of woman that you've been and you've been asking God for forgiveness and strength and you're channeling that energy to be a better wife. I've also heard from you ladies saying that you're not yet married, but you want to be married one day and that these segments have really helped to put a new perspective in mind on the kind of wife you want to be and how you can start practicing now to be that woman. So this is just a blessing for me because listen, I have always felt like there was so much content already out there on marriage that I did not need to add my voice. And this has been nothing but confirmation from so many women that actually more voices are needed because some of the things that I talk about are really countercultural. And in the culture today, marriages just aren't working. With a 50% divorce rate, I mean, it just goes to show that one out of two people who walk on that aisle on their wedding day will end up in a divorce. And that is sad. So I think a lot of us just need to get back to the basics in terms of what is really needed in marriage and do the hard things because marriage, no one ever said was easy. But a lot of times we're just not prepared. We don't know what it really takes. And therefore, when we're in it, and it doesn't feel right anymore, it doesn't feel good anymore, we want out. And when we learn that marriage is really about serving and giving, it really does change your perspective on the way that you see your position and your spouse. So I just want to say good for you, all of you who are really taking this in and you're making changes in your life to better your marriage and to better your life because really it all goes together. And I also wanted to add that I do desperately always need your prayers. It is really important for the work that I do to have the prayers of you who listen to me because listen, there has been a lot happening in my life. The devil is very angry that I create content like this, that people are becoming saved and changed and healed and that their marriages are being blessed because if there's one thing the devil hates more than anything, it is marriage. And this is one of those areas that in the past I was really uncomfortable talking about because I did not want to be in that realm spiritually for attacks from the devil because I know how serious marriage is and I know how powerful it is. And I know that when you start tapping into that in terms of bringing God into people's lives in the area of marriage, that you do open up yourself for you know, spiritual attacks and things of that nature. (laughs) My baby is calling me. But God is greater and there is no comparison between God and the devil. They are not on the same playing field. 
God is our creator and the devil is created. Okay. They are not enemies. They are not rivals. They are not equals. There is nothing that he can do to me with the power of God, but your prayers do help. There has been a lot happening. And if you don't see me posting podcasts, it's because there's probably a lot happening. And that's a good indicator for you to just say a little prayer for me during your prayer time, because it really does help. And it really does make a difference. So just wanted to add that. I thank you for all of your love and all of your support. And that is one way you can support me is by praying for me. So again, we're reading Fascinating Womanhood by Helen Andelin. And today we're talking about how you can appreciate your husband, how you can look to his better side, especially for those of you who actually do not appreciate your husband because you feel like he has nothing for you to appreciate or you have just kind of fallen out of that mind frame of thinking of appreciating him or maybe you just don't know how to do it because you don't really see the areas in him to appreciate maybe they're there but you just don't really know how to pull them out this chapter is going to address that and i'm excited about that (laughs) i want you to go ahead and sit back relax get something to drink get something to write with my love and let's talk about this To appreciate a man means to set a just value on him, to esteem him for his full worth, and to be grateful for him and the things that he does for you. Here are some suggestions for developing a keen sense of appreciation. She talks about this thing called the third eye, and this is not new age witchcraft third eye. This is you developing a separate vision of your husband. Learn to see him through new eyes. True love has three eyes. One is dim, dim to his faults. A second eye sees him as the world does, which is important because you need to be able to help him see the world the way that other people experience him. And a third eye sees him as no one else sees him, appreciates him as no one else appreciates him. Keep this eye sharply focused and you will observe many things to appreciate. Every wonderful wife has a third eye. To appreciate a man for his true worth, you have to know what true worth implies. You need to develop a sense of values. What does true worth actually mean? Here are some things that you can learn to appreciate. His character. This is one of the most beautiful aspects of men who are masculine and who are doing right in their life is their character. If you can appreciate nothing else, his character is worth value. Look for traits in his character to appreciate like honesty, dependability, kindness, and love. And when you appreciate these virtues, you help him to become a better man and strengthen your relationships. You know, a man who is really honest, a man who you can depend on, a man who is kind, these things are invaluable. And when you have a man like that, even if he's not all the other things, that is something worth knowing. Another thing that you can appreciate is his intelligence. 
To appreciate a man's intellectual features, consider his education, his knowledge, his good judgment, creative skills of the imagination, or he might have a special talent like in math or science or sales or in the arts. A man does not need to be well-educated. However, he can have intellectual gifts. So even if your man is a garbage man, he's a mechanic, he's a plumber, and you think, well, he didn't go to an Ivy League college, he's not wearing suits every day to work, that doesn't mean he's not intelligent. There are many facets of intellectual ability, and some do come through education, but some come through life experience, natural gifting. God gifts people with intelligence, and listen, intelligence is a gift, and some people just apply it to the area that they need it for. Not everyone is meant to be a surgeon. We need people to be janitors. We need people to do the dirty work, and not because they're less of a person, but because that's what we need. Someone is going to have to do it. And a noble man who knows that he needs to provide for his family is going to do whatever it takes, regardless of how we as society rank each job. I promise you that's not how God sees him. So admire him for his gifts, even if he does not have a high degree. But if he is very knowledgeable, maybe he's not cool. Maybe your man doesn't have swag, but he's really smart. Maybe he's a complete geek, a complete nerd. Admire him for that. That's a beautiful thing. He may not be the best socially or wear the coolest clothes, but he can certainly help you with your work. He can certainly tell you things that you didn't know. He can solve problems. He can pull out information that no one else knows about. (laughs) And it can come in the most handy times. It's a beautiful thing. I remember when I was um, working on one of my degrees, I dated this really smart guy. And I was really struggling in one of the areas of math. And this guy, he figured out the hardest issues and was able to explain it to me. And I was like, what? Like, thank you, Lord, for sending me this person because he was just so gifted in math. And I struggled in math so much. Without him, I would not have passed that class. And we ended up like breaking up or splitting up soon after that. But I just felt like he was a gift to me from God because he was so skilled in these really geeky things that I desperately needed in order to be able to understand my course. So They come in handy. Everything comes in handy. Every kind of man comes in handy for lots of different things. And that leads right into appreciating what he does for you. Notice and appreciate the many little things that he does for you, such as when he carries in the groceries, when he opens your car door, when he remembers your birthday, when he gives you a phone call. Appreciate the things that he does around the house to help you, like tending the baby, doing the dishes, or making a trip to the grocery store for a last minute item that you forgot. These are important things. And as I read this, I just, my heart just softened for my husband because all of these little things are so important and they're so needed and he's so busy. And when he takes the time to do those things, it really does mean a lot to me. If he sees me and that I'm just like frustrated and tired, sometimes he'll just say, babe, you know what? Why don't you rest for a few minutes? I'm going to go take our son to the park really quick and he'll go 
and they'll be gone for like 15 minutes, like the fastest park trip ever. But those 15 minutes allowed me to be able to breathe, to decompress, to load the dishwasher, which was something I really wanted to do because the dishes were irritating me. Like the smallest things I needed that peace of mind for, he gave it to me in that moment. And what made me so thankful was the fact that he noticed that I was tired and was willing to give me a break, even though it was inconvenient for him. So these are just the small things that we have to really appreciate because it just takes them being considerate and caring enough to be able to do it. And it doesn't mean that it's not his job. Well, it's his job. He lives here. He should do the dishes. He should take out the trash. He should clean up. And yes, it's not to say he shouldn't. He does live there and those are responsibilities and things that we all have to take care of, but it doesn't mean that he cannot have appreciation. And this is so important to me because I think about employees and employers. When you work a job, employers know how important it is to appreciate their employees. When I was working in the corporate world or in the world of education, my position was considered management. And I got to see from a administrative role what it looks like when you're trying to create change, when you're trying to introduce new things, when you're trying to create some sort of cohesion and warmth and, you know, just progress. I got to see what it takes from the manager's perspective and what it takes from the employee's perspective. And appreciation and validation were some of the most important qualities because you want people to be happy to come to work. You want people to enjoy who they work with. You want the environment to feel good so that they can be productive. So we know that praise matters. When you work somewhere and you never hear your boss saying you did a good job, you never feel that you've gotten recognized, you don't get a raise, you don't get special treatment, like some Some jobs will take their employees to like these fancy hotels. (laughs) One of my favorite hotels where we ended up actually getting married is like this five star gorgeous hotel that sits above the water. It sits above the ocean. And I remember the first time I went there was just for a massage. And that massage was so freaking expensive. And I asked them, oh, how much is a room here? And they told me the price. And I was like, are you serious? Like people actually pay this kind of money to be here? And then a few months later, my best friend at the time was like, hey girl, I'm staying at this hotel because my job brought us here for like a company retreat. I'm like, what? You're staying at that hotel? Your company is paying for you to stay at that hotel? Are you serious? My company won't even pay for me to go eat at a restaurant. We have to pay for our own food. Like it just blew my mind that her company was so generous in that way to pay for such an expensive, elaborate retreat. But that just goes to show every company is different. Every company values their employees differently. Every company has different budgets to work with or just decides how they're going to allocate it. And we're not all the same in that way. But it goes to show how much they value their employees because they really wanted to show their employees that they appreciated them by giving them such a luxury experience. And we in our homes sometimes forget that. We have to bring that same level of appreciation to the people who live with us. That employee doesn't need any kind of luxury experience. That employee does not need their boss to say good job. They're getting paid. Them getting paid should be enough, right? Right? 
That's the same thing as you telling me your husband should take out the trash. He lives here, right? Shouldn't you just accept it because you're getting paid? No, you are still a human being and you still want appreciation. You still want to be recognized. You still want to be admired, even though you know this is what you should be doing. It's the same concept that you, my love, have to bring into your home and create a culture in your marriage of love and recognition. That is within your power. And the last one I'm going to add, because this is not in the book, but this is one I thought would be really nice, is what he does for others. This is a beautiful thing to appreciate in a man, because some men are just so generous and giving and loving to complete strangers or to their family, their extended family, where they're taking care of their parents or they see someone in need and they'll stop the car and help change someone's tire. Or they'll see a kid selling candy on the street and they'll say, you know what, I don't want any chocolate, but I'm going to give you 20 bucks. Good luck. You know, they're just so kind and helpful and generous to other people. And even if he's not that way with you and you're like, gosh, I wish I could get some of that. Just appreciating the fact that this is in him. This is who he is. And maybe there's a reason why he's not doing it with you. And that's something we'll talk about later. But this is in him. You know, maybe you'll see him like coaching someone on something, spending lots of time trying to explain something to someone. Maybe one of his friends had a horrible breakup and he drives to their house and spends hours talking to him and encouraging him. And you're just like, wow, you do not need to do that. Like that is not necessary. And he's like, well, you know. It is necessary. So, you know, sometimes you may even see what they're doing and just don't understand why are you wasting your time or your money or whatever. But this is a beautiful trait for you to appreciate in him that he is the kind of person that would do this. It's a beautiful quality to appreciate what he does for others. And also appreciate the time that he spends with his children. There are many, many, many men who do not spend time with their children. They don't want to play with them. Everything is a nuisance, an irritation. They don't make time for them to take them to places to be involved in their lives. That is a beautiful thing. If your husband actually takes time, even if it's just a couple minutes a day or when he sees that child in passing to ruffle up his hair or just throw him around or do boy stuff or let your daughter paint his nails or you know, just whatever is going to make that little girl smile and remember her daddy, whatever it is, even if it's something really, really small, appreciating him for spending time with his children. So what happens if your husband doesn't do any of these things? You're like, girl, these are really nice things. But my husband, no, he doesn't do any of this. Then appreciate the most important thing of all. Appreciate his occupation in making a living. The many hours of toil and effort away from the home to provide a living for his family. Many women fail in this respect. They take this for granted. They don't really count his daily grind as something to appreciate. It's just part of what is expected of a man. It's his duty. In the early days in America, a man was appreciated if he only kept food on his table. Like that's all he needed to do. And just by doing that, he was appreciated. And this was especially true on the Western frontier where life was hard. A man had to build his own shelter, protect his family, grow his own food. 
survival was his foremost concern. Not much more was expected of him. His very existence was appreciated. Today, a man's efforts are less visible. Like he's not bringing home a pork chop. He's not bringing home the bacon, right? They're less visible and therefore they're less appreciated. When your husband succeeds in earning enough take-home pay to provide even the most basic necessities, he is worthy of appreciation. Your appreciation may mean more to him than his paycheck. I'm going to say that again. Your appreciation may mean more to him than his paycheck. Express your appreciation to him daily and do it over and over and over again. If you grow tired of appreciating him over and over and over again, remember that he must earn over and over and over again. I'm sure he's tired of that. (laughs) Okay. Now, I know this is really hard because women are doing the same thing as men these days. So if your husband works, you're like, well, I work too. Okay. We're on the same playing field here. What's there to appreciate when I have to work as well? And that's a really hard thing. When this book was written, it wasn't like it is now. And so we have this issue, this struggle, where we don't feel like we need to appreciate something that we're also doing. And that's a hard one. Like I, that's, that is difficult. But the one thing I will say from a spiritual perspective, men have a different level of conviction when it comes to work. We work as women because we want to. Men have an inner drive, an inner pressure that was put in by God to work. Working to them is part of breathing. It's part of their existence. Like water is to a fish. Like they need to be in a working mode to feel like they are living. And if the man doesn't work because he's like lazy or whatever, that's a different, that's a different story. But even those men, Those men still feel that pressure. They're just suppressing it or they're dealing with other issues, but it's inside of them. It was part of the curse, unfortunately, that was put on man from the very beginning, that men must toil. And so men do have a inner pressure to work. But even still, even if that's something you're not considering, just the fact that you work and he works does not mean that he shouldn't be appreciated because he has that moral and internal responsibility. God forbid if you lost your job or if you couldn't work anymore or if there was an issue in the home where someone found out that you weren't working, no one is going to bat an eye. No one is going to bat an eye. But the minute you tell someone that your husband doesn't have work, all hell's going to break loose. It's going to be like, wait, 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 what? Your husband doesn't work? The people of the town, the church, your friends, knowing that he he's not working is going to be an actual problem. Like they're going to be concerned for you. They're going to maybe want to help. They may look down on him. Like there's a feeling of shame that he would have to carry around. You, on the other hand, would not have to carry that shame if you somehow, for some reason, couldn't work or don't work. Do you see the difference? So that in and of itself should tell you how serious it is for a man to work and how much that means to him, which is why, of course, when couples have this issue where the woman makes more than the man, there can sometimes be a huge issue there. Not all the time, but a lot of times there's a huge issue there because of that very feeling of needing to be the provider. Even if it's a dollar more, he still feels like he's a provider. And that means a lot to him. One of the most serious faults in anyone is ingratitude. 
period. An ungrateful wife is a fundamental cause of serious marriage problems. Be sure your children don't have this failing. And the last thing you want is for your children to pick up this habit of being ungrateful. Being ungrateful does not feel good. If you gave someone a gift and they didn't say thank you, it doesn't feel good. You want to cultivate an environment of gratitude in your life and in your marriage. And you do that, my love, by simply taking the time to say thank you. So why don't we just stop right now, right here, and I want you to just do something for me right now. Send your husband a text. Send him a text. If you're not with him, if you are with him, then just pause this and go to wherever he is and give him a warm hug and just say, babe, thank you so much for providing for our family. Send him a text. Do it right now so you don't forget. Just take the time and feel. How did it feel doing that? What was his reaction like and how did that feel to you? Make this part of your culture. Ladies, do you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? Well, according to the EPA, indoor air could actually be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And in some cases, it can be a hundred times more polluted. According to the 2020 census report, nearly half the population, which is about 165 million people, are living in areas with unhealthy levels of ozone or air pollution. And new data from the World Health Organization shows that 9 out of 10 people breathe air that exceeds WHO pollution limits, and that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths across the world every year. We take about 20,000 breaths per day. That's almost 3,000 gallons of possibly polluted air. So what's the solution? Well, it can be Air Doctor. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so that your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses. The classic Air Doctor 3000 purifier is powerful enough to circulate the air in a 630 plus square foot room four times per hour. And Air Doctor features whisper jet fans that are about 30% quieter than the fans found in ordinary air purifiers. You can check out Air Doctor today because it comes with a no question asked 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund. So head over to airdoctorpro.com and use a promo code DAF. And depending on the model, you can receive up to $300 off. You're saving up to $300. Lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code DAF. Thank you so much, Air Doctor, for sponsoring today's show for all of these beautiful ladies. Now let's talk about what happens when you cannot find anything to appreciate. In some extreme cases, a man deteriorates to the point of not becoming much of a man on the surface. And you may feel at loss to find anything to appreciate. And so you would feel insincere praising him for qualities that really don't even exist. In this case, here are some things that you can do. First, you can have faith in his worth. The German author Gioth wrote, If you treat a man as he is, he will stay as he is. 
But if you treat him as if he were what he ought to be and what he could be, he will become that bigger and better man. When you have an unwavering faith in his better side, you inspire him to live up to your conception of his abilities. You offer him hope. Hope that he has not appreciated himself at his true value. That courage, steadfastness, and honor are the underlying traits of his character. You can, in fact, transform a man from an apparently stupid, weak, lazy, cowardly, unrighteous man into a determined, energetic, true, and noble one. I've seen this happen in real life. I've actually seen a man change in such a way just by dating a different woman. And I've talked about this guy before, but he was dating this woman who was really ghetto. She was always fighting and getting him to fight for her. She was loud and obnoxious and they had a daughter together. And when he dated this girl, he was mean. He was negative, nasty, rude. And they got married And about one month later, I could not believe it. I'm like, one month, one month later, they got divorced. And he ended up meeting this woman who was older than him. And she still had a little flair, okay? She wasn't like prim and proper, okay? He he likes what he likes. He's a little rough around the edges, likes a little little pizzazz. So she had a little something-something, but she wasn't ghetto. She was classy with a little bit of spice. She was hardworking, beautiful, clean. And when he was with this woman, he completely changed. He was calm. No more fighting. He spoke with gentleness. They ended up buying a house together. Like this guy, I would have never thought would be a homeowner. But like he cleaned up all the way. She spoke life into him. She showed him that he could be a different kind of man. She saw something in him and she went for that thing. And she used her influence, her words, and she built a life with him. Now they have a family and they're a beautiful couple and they're wonderful to be around. They're very inspirational. And even though he's a little bit younger than her, he still looks like he's older than her. Like, He has so much confidence that he exudes this strength and power. And he's also like a smaller guy. Like his frame is small. He's real skinny. And this woman is a little bit more curvy and that kind of thing. But he still looks very like sturdy because that comes from your own sense of worth, your own sense of confidence. No more fighting. He doesn't have to prove his masculinity to anyone. He knows who he is. And this woman helps him see. So I've seen someone change. I've never seen that kind of thing before. I was just like, this is the same person? What one woman can do? This woman would have had this guy killed or in jail. And thank God he was blessed with the woman that he has now. Often a man at heart is worthy and only needs for you to suggest that his life does not do him justice to his true character. Once persuaded that he is noble at heart and that you perceive it, He becomes anxious to prove to himself and to you that there is no mistake about the matter. You can also go to the past. If you can't find anything to appreciate in the present, dwell on past experiences. 
tell him what first attracted you to him. Experiences in early marriage that arouse your appreciation. Difficult circumstances that he faced with courage and persistence. Express appreciation for the diligence that he displayed in getting his education or establishing himself in his work. Remember specific instances when he displayed intelligence, character, or ability. And don't do it in a way where you're looking down on him like, man, I remember in the past when you used to be so hardworking and you went and you worked two jobs, went to school at night, like you were like so much more motivated than you are now. (laughs) Don't do it like that. Do it in a way where you are remembering it and looking at him with new eyes, looking at him in a light that says like, wow, this is the kind of man you are. Like, babe, you know, do you remember when you drove Uber day and night because you just really wanted to get a better place? I love that about you. I just love how when you have a goal in mind, nothing stops you. He will see that and be like, dang, she noticed that? Yeah, you know what? I kind of am diligent, huh? Like, he will really embrace that. Because remember, most people are not getting compliments day and night. Like, they're not getting inspired and motivated. Most people are not. And that's why a lot of, like, influencers end up in depression and end up being addicted to posting content because they are addicted to the feedback. People love hearing, oh, you're so pretty. Oh my gosh, I love your lipstick. Oh, you're this and you're that. They love it. They can't get enough of it. And that's why they have to constantly post because they need it every second. Most men are not influencers (laughs) and most men are not getting that validation on a daily basis from people. And honestly, it's not good to get that kind of stuff from people anyway, because it doesn't mean anything. But when it comes from someone that you love or someone who is genuine, they're not just trying to fluff your feathers. They really do appreciate something. It's different. It hits different. And your husband wants nothing more than to impress you, to provide for you, to make you feel like he's that guy. And so when it comes from you, it's life to him. You can also look for virtues beyond his faults. Looking beneath the surface on most men will help you to find things to appreciate. And she's going to give some examples on how you can find virtues beneath his faults. And this is something I've practiced in my own marriage, and it really helped me to see my husband with different eyes. But let's just say your husband is obnoxious. Okay, suppose a man is so obnoxious that his own children run from him. He picks arguments, habitually disagrees with you, and in other ways makes life difficult. It's almost like he's taking revenge for something mysterious that you don't understand. Look beneath the surface. He may be a man of high caliber who has not been appreciated for his full worth, which can be frustrating. And a man, when he's a man of quality, and he has a good self-image, but he's not being fully appreciated by his wife, can really become difficult to live with because he knows and he doesn't understand why you're not giving him what he knows he deserves. Or maybe your man is moody. Suppose you have a man who's just moody, discouraged, he's down. These are some of the hardest men to be with because you have this like dark gray cloud around you all the time when you're just trying to live your best life. You're trying to be feminine and you're trying to flow. You're trying to be happy. You're trying to, you know, just enjoy the life that you have. And you've got this guy around you just making life depressing. 
It's very annoying. So what do you do? Look beneath the surface. Such a man, you may discover, has high aspirations which are not being met. So appreciate not only that he has high goals and that his frustration is because he cannot reach his goals right now. Because if he were a lesser man, he wouldn't suffer. And that's the issue. Sometimes we forget that this man is miserable because he sees himself in this way and he is going towards it and he's so unhappy with himself. Be grateful that you have a man who is actually unhappy with himself. (laughs) A man who sees it and wants to change it. That's a blessing. And yes, of course, we don't want him to wallow in that and we don't want him to just focus on that day and night. It's still a beautiful thing to see that he is willing to put all of his energy into that so that he can be better than who he is right now. And when you are with a man like this, don't try to fix him. Don't try to make him happy because, you know, you think that you're responsible for it. You know, of course, do what you can, but don't assume responsibility for bringing him back to happiness. It's not your job and you can't do it anyway. It's his choice. Happiness is a choice. And if you have a situation where maybe he's wallowing in his discouragement, maybe he got fired, maybe he is not where he should be or he has an injury, maybe he's an athlete and he got an injury and that injury is preventing him from playing and he sees all his friends posting and having fun and he's just like, dang, my life got ripped from under me. I was just doing so well. Look what happened. You know, just that discouragement. And you're like, well, why don't we go on vacation? He's like, no, I don't want to go on vacation. Or maybe he cannot afford a vacation. And you're like, oh, well, I'll pay for it. I'll do it. That only makes things worse. If he can't, then he can't. He does not want you to pay for it. Okay, so don't even try to do stuff like that. Because I know that you want him to be happy. You want the best for yourself and for the marriage, but don't do things that can cause more damage. Pray and ask God, what should you do? How should you deal with this man? How can you be supportive towards him? How can you help him? Ask God for wisdom. The Lord says that if you ask him for wisdom, he will give it to you without reproach. The Lord says, if you ask for wisdom, you're going to get it. God wants you to be wise and he wants your marriage to work out. He wants you to learn how to deal with your husband in the way that makes sense for your husband. So take yourself out of the equation and do things that will actually bring good to the marriage. Ladies, before we continue, I want to share my fragrance line with you. Fine Forever. Fine Forever is a fragrance line with a promise. It is a blessed luxury fragrance line that promotes the promises of God. Each fragrance is tied to a biblical scripture to remind you that with God, you will be fine forever. We launched our first fragrance, 2911, after the scripture, Jeremiah 2911, which talks about the plans God has for your life. This fragrance is rich, deep, mysterious, and feminine. It will surely turn heads and become a signature scent for you. We also have our Faith Collection, which introduces two beautiful fragrances that are unique and memorable, Silent Storm and Mustard Seed. Mustard Seed is a fresh, delicate, and bright aquatic 
floral fragrance, and it's reminiscent of a warm beach on a tropical sea. Silent Storm is a decadent gourmand fragrance that portrays youthful femininity. Silent Storm is rich, smooth, and refined. Visit the website www.fineforever.com. You can use the code DRDAF for 20% off of your fragrance. Thank you so much for your love, your kindness, and your support. Now, back to our episode. What if you have a man who's forgetful or negligent or thoughtless? When a man is forgetful or thoughtless, discover the things that he considers more important and you might find much to appreciate. And I know this one's hard because like who wants a thoughtless man? (laughs) You know, you want your man to care about you and care about the marriage and the family. If he's so busy with all of his coding and you're like, hello, it's your son's birthday and he totally forgot because he's so consumed in his coding, that's frustrating and I don't want you to dismiss your feelings and dismiss your, yeah, dismiss how you feel about things just because you want to be a great wife. You should not dismiss how you feel. These things should be discussed, but don't let it change your perception of him. Even in those moments, allow yourself to still pull the good from it, even though you should still express yourself and let him know, no, you need to care about your son's birthday. Like that is important. And say it in a way that he can accept that in love. But even though he forgot, at least say to yourself, well, it's, it's beautiful that he's so passionate about something. It's so beautiful that he cares so much about his career or about breaking this code or finding this cure for this illness. Like that is a beautiful thing. I do wish that he would care more about his son's birthday, but I do love the fact that he is so dedicated to his life work. Okay, that's kind of like the the conversation that you're having in your mind. What if he's negligent at home? Your husband might be putting his energy away from the home towards being successful. Maybe he's arranging his priorities around the home in ways that may not be conducive for the home's functioning. So what that means, like maybe he doesn't think it's that important. Maybe he's like, eh, he want me to fix the hinge on the door, but I got better things to do. Like, I got to work on this. (laughs) This is really hard when you want your home to be seamless, when you want a home that's functioning and beautiful and clean, and your husband has let that trash just pile up. Like, that's very frustrating to walk past that trash every day and remember that your husband is not doing his job. But sometimes we get so consumed by that that we don't see anything else. Our focus is on the piled up trash. And so we have an attitude. We don't want to talk about nothing else. We don't want to, we don't want anything to happen until that trash is taken out. And that is not the kind of attitude that you want to display in your home for a beautiful functioning home, especially when you have children and other people who need you. They need you to be in a good space mentally and emotionally. So learning to see it and dislike it and move on. It's not the end of the world. Yes, the neighbors may look at you crazy, but this is your life. This is your life. You don't need to impress your neighbors. You need to live in a home that is peaceful on the inside. Either you do it yourself or you wait for him to do it. And you find ways to bring it up in the most subtle ways that will not irritate your husband. And honestly, he'll probably see it and take it out when the time is right for him. (laughs) 
And I know this is hard to hear like, girl, are you serious? But this is how life is. If you want peace in your home, why do you think the marriage rate is at 50%? Because most people cannot deal. And the 50% is not even a real 50% because a lot of those people are being married because of other reasons. Not because they're actually in a happy, joyful marriage, because they need to be for papers or for their kids, other other little things that they are dealing with. But it's not because they actually want to be in this marriage. So it's really not even 50%. It's less because it's so hard to remove yourself from these things that don't even matter. We have different levels of priority because we have different responsibilities and some things really do outweigh others. The aesthetic of the home even just moving around the home, as long as it's not dangerous, it's second. It's second. And it's it's not as important as him feeling peace in his home, as him doing whatever it is that he is so busy doing that will make the home better. Now, if your husband is just playing video games and there's trash piled up and you're like, okay, this is not anything productive. He is literally playing video games and the trash stinks. It needs to get taken out then of course it can lead to be much more frustrating because video games provide no value. But if your husband works a job where he is highly stressed and those video games are his way of decompressing, relaxing, thinking about something mindless so that he can kind of just mentally process everything, they do have a function. They do serve as something that is helping him so that he can do what is necessary, which is keep his family afloat. So the main thing here is really never giving up on him. If you can't appreciate his character, his intelligence, or the things that he does for you, have faith in him. Appreciate his past efforts and look for virtues beyond his faults. Appreciate his daily efforts to make a living. This means so much to him that when you do, you become beautiful to him in a new way. I hope that those of you ladies who are dealing with these really hard circumstances are able to seek God and pray and ask the Lord to just show you ways that you can help yourself not to get so frustrated with the small things and also find ways that you can bring beauty into your home by appreciating your husband. Now, I don't know who you are, but only you know who you are. But I do know there's someone listening to this who does not have a husband, whose husband passed away and you're seriously hurting and you're seriously just wanting the comfort of just talking to him one last time, hearing from him one last time. The pain in your heart is so deep. And I just want to let you know that the Lord loves you and he sees you and wants you to come to him for healing and not go to diviners, not go to people who have tarot cards, not try to seek spiritual people, fortune tellers, or people who are in the occult to try to seek your husband, try to speak to your husband, try to see your husband, because that is not your husband. Okay, those are wicked, evil, familiar spirits, and they do nothing but hurt you, bring you harm, and make your life worse. And it's also detestable to God. Don't do that. Seek the Lord and the Lord will heal your heart. The Lord will help you. The Lord will strengthen you. But don't go to the dark side. Don't go to the evil side to try to seek anyone who is no longer here on this earth. 
that was for someone I don't know who you are but you know who you are and God knows who you are I want to read some testimonials that I thought were beautiful in this book that gave some really nice examples of how people appreciated their husbands when their husbands made it really hard to be appreciated. There was a woman in our neighborhood who had everyone puzzled. She was not beautiful. She was overweight and she dressed a little bit dowdy. There wasn't anything about her that was above average, at least Nothing that anyone could see on the surface. Yet her husband seemed to adore her. What on earth was it? This had everyone wondering. One evening, I was in their home around dinner time. She was busy in the kitchen putting the final touches on dinner, and her husband came home from work. This happened to be payday. He came into the kitchen, he kissed her, and handed her his paycheck. She immediately stopped what she was doing put her arms around him and said, I know how hard you've worked for this, how many long hours that you've worked, and I thank you for providing us with so many comforts and making it possible for me to stay at home and care for the family. But this was not enough. She went into the living room where the children were playing on the floor and she made them all stop and stand up. Look, she said as she held up the paycheck. See? Your father has worked so hard to earn this money. Now, Jane, this means that you can have a new pair of shoes and Johnny, you can have your bike fixed. The father stood there beaming. Not only did his wife appreciate him, but taught their children to. In his eyes, she was a beautiful woman. I'm not sure if she did this every payday, but I know that here was a home where the man was appreciated for his daily efforts. And I know that this ordinary woman was not so ordinary. She knew how to appreciate a man. And this is why she was beautiful to him. I'll read another one. About two and a half years ago, an article entitled Expect a Miracle influenced me to think, what would I like for a miracle? Immediately I thought, a miracle in our marriage. If only George would have a deep, deep love for me. And I'd like to be head over heels in love with him. So I began to pray regularly for this miracle. About six months later, a friend loaned me fascinating womanhood. I knew it was a gift from the Lord and my answer because it showed me what I was doing wrong and how to be the kind of wife God wants me to be. First of all, I learned that I was not accepting George as he is. I was not satisfied with what the Lord had given me. I wanted George to change and I wanted to change George. I spent my thinking time looking at his bad side, criticizing him in my heart. Naturally, this came through in my attitude. I mulled over his shortcomings, and I ignored his good side. All the wonderful things about him, I just took as a matter of course. I simply did not think to comment about them or even know about them. Undoubtedly, this appears to him as indifference. As soon as I learned about focusing on his good side and expressing my admiration, I began practicing it. He never tires of hearing it, and I don't either. 
Immediately, our relationship began to improve. As I concentrated on his better side, his faults became insignificant. He began to say the nicest things to me. I am keeping a list of treasures that he has said to me since, such as, I love you more and more all the time, and I enjoy living with you. Before, he would just say, I love you. But that's all. No loving endearments. He has been extremely stingy with money. Now, he's began buying me anything I asked for. At that time, we had been married 16 years, and I had been cooking with very inadequate pans. He bought me a set of heavy aluminum pans that I wanted. I could go on and on. Also, he began to take an interest in the children. Occasionally, I would slip into my old fault-finding ways, and when I do, the atmosphere of our home goes kerplunk. The kids crab and fight more. George is his old self. Everything is awful. The funny thing is, it's immediate. All I have to do is change my attitude, and everything is different. It doesn't take more than five minutes to change, either good or bad. And I found this to be so, so true. The minute that you get into that web of darkness, your whole house changes, the whole atmosphere changes. But when you switch back and you remember and you focus on doing something different, you change the atmosphere immediately. He will immediately see that you're joyful. He will immediately pick up on it and pull from it. You have so much power. I'll read one last one and then I'll let you go. This one is called, I had lost all love for him. The first two courses I've taken in fascinating womanhood have saved our marriage and has been a blessing to our whole family. As I was cleaning out my desk this week, I found some notes that I had written down concerning my life just a year ago. I had reached a low in expecting any sort of future for our marriage. I had lost all love for my husband and wasn't sure that I had much love for our children. I had even considered suicide during that time. I am so grateful to God for leading me out of a pit of despair and into a life that is such a joy and is so solidly stable. The courses in fascinating womanhood, which I fought against at first, helped to change me from a self-centered, independent, self-righteous mother and wife into a new person with a new perspective in all that I do. As I have really and truly come to accept my husband, I find that my love for him is unbelievable. Before taking the course, I was constantly criticizing him. When I asked his forgiveness and let him know how much I love and accept him, he has assumed the responsibility and position of the head of our family for the very first time in our marriage of 25 years. It is a miracle. What a relief it is to me to let him make the decisions and trust the Lord to lead him. My disposition is one of relaxed confidence. Our children are so much happier and accept their father's authority easily. I don't hear any of the arguing that used to put me through. (laughs) Our five children ranging in age from elementary school through college are responding with gratitude towards their new mother, as they too are accepted and loved for themselves. We are finally having family devotions after dinner every evening. This is something I have been pleading for without success for years. My husband decided. The children accepted it. We are all growing closer and more understanding of each other. I no longer have time for nagging, self-pity, or criticizing. Our home finally has an atmosphere of peace, order, comfort, love, joy, and acceptance. 
My husband is so relieved and relaxed as he begins to realize that he can depend on my love. He thinks of more fun things to do now spontaneously. He handles all the family finances now. He's had an electric saw for years that he hasn't used, and suddenly he has begun to build shelves for me. Spice shelves, shelves for my sewing accessories, etc. As I admire and appreciate his work, he thinks up more and more to do. It is a first sign that I have ever really seen of him enjoying doing something creative. The most wonderful part of my life is that I really love my husband so much, and I know that he loves me deeply in return. This is the greatest joy that anyone can experience. As we women change within ourselves, following the steps outlined in this course, we do not lose our individuality or identity. We finally find it. With a sigh of relief, and unexpected joy. It is never too late. So ladies, I hope that this was encouraging to you and I hope that you know how much you are loved, that you are loved by God and that the Lord will help you in all of these things. Your marriage can be the beautiful marriage that God has for you and you can change everything that you thought would always be the same. If you put these things into practice and you seek God for wisdom and help with having your husband also change for the marriage to flow, I'm so proud of you for wanting to be different, for having hope in your marriage and taking the steps that are needed to do what you can for your marriage. And I pray that God blesses your marriage abundantly. Thank you so much for spending your time here with me. I love you all so much and I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day. And until next time, remember that in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.